Good morning. It's good to see all of you here at Ivy Creek. Thank you for coming, joining us for worship this morning here at, at our, at our uh, 11 o'clock service. And we've got a special day planned for you. And uh, it's special in that it's just different from what we normally do. As you are uh, aware, we normally have this time of corporate worship and singing. And then we open God's Word and, and engage in exposition. And uh, we will go back to that next week. But we are effectively hitting the pause button this morning on our exposition of the Gospel of Mark in order for us to be able to really illustrate some of the things that we actually have seen in the Gospel of Mark. If you've been with us over this journey over the last uh, number of months, we actually started our, our study through God, Mark's Gospel back in January. And if you'll remember, we've kind of come to the place where Jesus has, has sort of concluded or he's coming to the end of his Galilean ministry. And part of what he did, as we read a couple of weeks ago, was that he sent his disciples out two by two, and he sent them out into uh, the regions and the towns surrounding where he was currently ministering in order to take the message of the gospel, a message of repentance, a message of, 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 of the coming kingdom of God. And he sent his disciples out in his power and with his authority. And what we noticed was is that when he did that, he told us, I don't think it's going to be easy what I send you out to do. It's not necessarily going to be easy. It's not always, you're not always going to be received well. And, and then we, last week we looked at the, the, the beheading of John the Baptist and really that was an illustration for us of just how significant the opposition can be at times, particularly when we go out in the Lord's name and declaring a message of repentance and, and salvation. And so what happens then, the very next verse in Mark's gospel is Mark 6, verse 30, which interestingly reads this. After the disciples, after the apostles had gone out and done the ministry that Jesus commanded them to do, verse 30 of Mark 6 says, Then they gathered back to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And that's really an appropriate verse for us to consider this morning because... As you know, many of you in this congregation know that the Ivy Creek Baptist Church sent out two mission groups this year. One of those went to Kenya, and uh, I was a part of that group, and we went there back in May. And then another group went to Guatemala City in July. And both of those teams went out, and so this morning we have come back to do really what the Scriptures talk about. We are coming back this morning to report to you, our church family the things that we were able to go and the things that we were able to do so that you can have a, an understanding of what, of what truly took place on those trips and so it can be an encouragement to you. It's a report not only to let you know what we did, but it's a, it's a report that we hope will also encourage you and encourage you maybe to consider that uh, with regard to next year and poten potential uh, opportunities for you. And so uh, what we're going to do is begin by a presentation from our Kenyan uh, mission trip and so we just want to remind you of some of the sights and uh, even some of the sounds of what took place in Kenya and as you get to see that this morning I'm going to invite our team to come forward up front.
is a reminder to you of a few things that we we had a chance to show you that before to my right is is Jeff Meyer and and, and Jeff I was able to meet uh, quite a few number three three or four years ago and uh, we were able to uh, to get involved in a ministry that he is uh, actively involved in called hungry for him and and what you should know is is that a portion of every dollar that you give to the general fund of this church actually goes to support hungry for him it's money that goes directly to help and assist the schools with the children that you saw in that video. And, uh, and so Jeff, I was just gonna see, he, he actually pretty much put together the trip for us and organized it for the rest of us to be able to go on that trip. And so Jeff, I was just gonna get you this morning just to kinda, you've worked closely with, with Pastor Bennard and his wife Pamela for years. Just give the church a brief understanding of, of, of that ministry and, and how we've been involved with that and, and just share a few things on that end. Uh, I first got to know Pastor Bennard probably about 10, 11 years ago, and I'll try to be brief with this, but there's so much history there, and I'd love a chance to share it with you. He spoke at our old church. Um, he, my wife and I were very moved by uh, the work that God was doing through Pastor Bennard. We wanted to help in some way, and Bennard really impressed me by not necessarily accepting my check, but saying, you must come and see the work that God is doing there. And that really moved me uh, I told him I'd pray about it, never thought I'd go. I was surprised to find myself six months later making plans to go ahead and go, and I went a year later. Um, I am so excited to be a part of Ivy Creek. I'm so excited because I wanted for years for Craig and a team from Ivy Creek to go, and they did go, and I want everyone here to know that not only did this team go, but Ivy Creek as a church body went. And uh, I was very moved by the support and the resources that we brought there. So everybody here is now involved in that ministry in Kenya. Involving Pastor Bennard and Pamela, his wife, they uh, are strong, strong Christian people. They've led a very, very hard, tough life. Unemployment in Kenya is about 50%. Um, I cannot go into the history of Bennard in the minute or two that I have, but I do want to mention that I have copies for anybody who wants them of this book. It's a kind of a biography of, of Pastor Bennett's life. I have about 10 copies with me here. They're free. All you got to do is ask. If uh, we need more than that, I'll make sure that Pastor Craig has all the copy he needs by next week. Um, so I'd love to share more with, uh, with you about that. We will all be available after the service to go ahead and answer any questions you may have. And the final thing I want to say is, um, yes, we support Pastor Bennard, and the, uh, but we support much more the ministry of uh, sharing the gospel in Kenya, which is really where my heart is. There are about 800 children there that are fed and clothed and loved and educated and shared the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the most important thing. Craig, early on in our meetings, impressed on me, this is gonna be a kingdom-focused trip, and it was. So the work that is being done there, and Ivy Creek is now a part of it, uh, cannot be put into words, and I thank you very, very much for being a tiny part of it. God bless you. Jeff. Well, Todd Bevel is down there on the end. Todd just completed a, 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 a term 
serving as the chair of our missions committee. And Todd, let me just ask you a question. Why, why Kenya? Why now? Why a country all the way on the other side of the world? Well, first of all, I wanted just to thank our church family for your generosity and your giving uh, to our missions program and to everything that we do here at Ivy Creek. Because without your generosity, without your faithful giving, this would not have happened. And in addition to your uh, general giving through tithes and offerings, we had people make salvation bracelets. You'll hear more about that later. We had people just confidentially give us money. Uh, we had one little boy who had a bunch of stuffed animals that he wanted to give to the children over in, over in Africa. So thank you for what you do. And with respect to why I go halfway around the world, Acts 1-8, Jesus says that I'm sending you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the outermost parts of the earth. So we have a fantastic ministry going right on right here in the Atlanta area. We go down to another church down in the Atlanta area. We've been sending trips our teams down to Guatemala City. You'll be hearing from them in just a few moments. And then we felt like we needed to take a natural progression for, uh, for further, and that would be to the outermost ends of the earth. And I think Kenya is about as outermost as you're gonna get, trust me. So it was sort of a natural step for our church. We are thrilled to have been able to go, and we thank you once again for your prayers and for your support. All right, Mr. Ray. Mr. Ray went on that trip with us, and, and, and I'll just tell you, I just I, I, I love him very, very much. Um, he couldn't wait to get started on mission. Matter of fact, when you're flying to Kenya, it takes you just about forever, it feels like, on flights and connecting flights. And so uh, we had some layovers, and, and before we even got into Kenya, Mr. Ray was already ready to share the gospel. Can you just share with the church family a little bit about your interaction with a, with a young Muslim man that you had in the, in the airport? Just share with them a little bit about that. Thank you, Pastor. I was, we were all sitting there for four to five hours to waste. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I looked over and there was a man decked in his, in his clothing, all white, all by himself. Everybody else was business or whatever. And I walked over and sit down by him. I said, well, maybe he'll talk to me or maybe he won't. But well, we started a good conversation, and I found out that he was in marketing. I was in marketing when I, before I retired, and he had traveled. He'd come to the United States to, to tell distributors about his products from New York, Chicago, California. And he was just a super guy to talk to, a young man. And he is, I'd say, is back in the mountains, he was snicking up on his wife. She was going to... Uh, she was going to the doctor to check out her pregnancy, their first baby, and he, she was with her mother, and he, she didn't know he was coming. So he was traveling 10 to 12 hours to see her. Excuse me. <clears throat> to tell her he loved her and to check out on his new baby. And we talked and talked about the family. We talked about other situations. And after four hours, it seemed just fly by and... I was ready to leave and we were ready to catch our planes and he handed me $100 for those children that I'd told him about. And let me tell you, it's wonderful that I have a new friend in Kenya. Mm. That's good, that's good. Um, Kim Tuning, you, uh, you obviously were um, instrumental in doing a lot of things while we were there, working with the children. Uh, we talked about salvation bracelets and some of that. Could you just share with the church family a little bit about that and, and uh, anything else that you have there to share? Um, yes, I, I want to tell you how much I appreciated everyone who helped make the bracelets, and um, we had about 800 
um, little over that we took, and we were able to share them with both schools that we went to. One school has about 300 students, and the other one has about 500. <clears throat> and um, we got an interesting report after we got back. Um, a team that went after us actually um, talked with Jeff and told him that um, while she was there, one of the students had given her one of the salvation bracelets and was able to explain the meaning of everything to her. So that was great to see how it's um, you know, being passed on and that they're getting that message. And I also want to tell you about the work that I saw going on there. Um, as Jeff was saying, it's amazing the, what Pastor Bennett is able to do um, just on faith and, um, and what's being done. But we also saw with our team answered prayer and um, that it was many times immediate answered prayer. And for instance, uh, we were in the airport, as Ray was saying, and we had a long layover <clears throat> in Nairobi. And uh, we happened to look over and realize that Mr. Ray was, um, had been in a conversation with this young Muslim man for quite a while. And so several of us got together and prayed and asked God to just please give him an opportunity to share the message with him. I went and sat back down and I was about four rows ahead of him and then I overheard a portion of his conversation and at about that time he was saying, well, in the Bible, we believe that God tells us, and I didn't hear the rest of it, but I know that the message went out to that young Muslim man, and I believe that God can use that to even change a nation. So um, it, it was very powerful, and God answered that prayer almost immediately. Um, we also saw the work that was being done in the schools and when we got there, they had a program for us, and the children had memorized verses, or they shared with us verses that they memorized. And um, they're being taught the Bible every morning. Um, they have Bible classes, and they already know a lot about the Bible. We shared Bible lessons, but they were able to answer all the questions. They knew everything about it already. But one day we had an opportunity to visit four students had, who had been able to go on to high school, which is very unusual there. And um, when we talked with those four students, we asked them had they accepted Christ as their savior. And each one of them said yes. One of them said that when she was in fifth grade at Pastor Bennard's school, and the other three said when they were in sixth grade at Pastor Bennard's school. So we were back in the car when we were leaving and I commented to Pastor Bennard about how wonderful that was. And his response was, what? You think a child would go through Pastor Bennard's school and not accept Christ? And I said, oh, no. <laughs> so um, so it, it's amazing what's being done there. And I wanna thank you for supporting us, for praying for us, for supporting us financially. And I want to let you know about an example of how it was being used. On Thursday when we were there, we were at the school in Ohio, which has about 500 children. And we found out that their um, food had run out. And that we had been there that day, but the children had not eaten. Normally they serve them breakfast and lunch. And so when we found out that afternoon that the children had run out of food, we were able to go to the store and buy rice and flour and 
supplies for them. So that was you doing that. Because when you put money in the offering plate, a portion of it goes to the mission fund. And we took money with us um, to be able to meet needs that we found. And so thank you for doing that. Good, good. Um, people were constantly getting Todd Bevel and me confused on this trip. And, and I, you can obviously see why, because we, we favor so much. But actually, we did have the issue of, of Kim and Kim, because we had Kim Tuning and we had Kim Maynor, and we had to really distinguish between, particularly for, for the students that were there. And, and Kim Maynor, um, this was your first mission trip, I believe, particularly not just, not just overseas, but first mission trip at all. And uh, you, you chose to go with us. We're going to hear from your husband and your two daughters later. They went to Guatemala. She went to Kenya with us. And so I would just ask for you to share with our church family about the personal impact that that made on you. What would you, how would you encourage them? And what would you say how it, tra how it really transformed you? Well, first of all, going on a trip without my family, knowing they were going on another one was a little, it was a struggle. But I just felt like God was leading me to go to Kenya, he just kept, I just kept hearing that. Um, you know, I, what I, the one big takeaway I got from this trip was that if you listen to God and you let him take over and take control despite yourself, then he will lead you where he wants you to go and use you as he wants to use you. Um, on that, this trip, I think it was important. Each team member taught me so many, God showed me so many lessons through each one of y'all. He showed me, um, you know, I'd struggled for years, even as a kid, you know, I want to believe, I see what everyone else has in their heart, and I missed that, and I wanted that. On this trip, God finally revealed and let me see. He taught me grace, love, acceptance, and understanding, and it was through all the trials and adversities that we had, just like any trip anybody goes on. Um, but seeing God through the eyes of the children, what they know, they taught me so much. Um, I think the biggest thing is, you know, if you open the door or open your heart, God will lead you and he will show you what, what he wants you to do. And he will pave those ways. Despite all the obstacles you put in the way and make it hard, he just knocks them away. Um, on a personal level, I feel like I'm a better person because I have seen his grace and I see it almost every day now. Um, coming back to life here is a little bit hard to keep that momentum going, but I have a wonderful husband who shows me and, and girls, but um, the biggest thing is if you hear God talking to your heart, listen and just let go. He'll take over in this experience going on any mission trip, even local or foreign. It will change you, and it will show you how wonderful he really is. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, we would love to answer other questions for you. You may have some specific ones you'd like to ask one of the team that went. We'll be happy to answer those at any given time. But uh, this morning I, I had asked uh, Todd Bevel if he would, if he would just voice a prayer uh, on behalf of, of, of Kenya and the ministry and the ongoing work that we're engaged with there. So if you would, if you would just bow your heads and, and allow him to pray for them. Lord, we thank you for the privilege you give, you give us to go on ministry for you, be it here in the Atlanta area around the world in Kenya. And we lift up the ministry of Pastor Bennard and Miss Pam uh, with Bennard's Vision School and Ahero and Uchara. We pray for your blessings upon them. We pray, God, that their ministry would be effective. We pray that you would fund them as needed 
and that your gospel message will come across and continue to go across in a powerful way so that there are changed lives for which there is no rational explanation. We thank you for the body of believers of Ivy Creek Baptist Church, how you have so richly blessed us. We thank you, God, for the generosity uh, that you have shown to us. Help us to be faithful stewards of all that you've given us and help us, Lord, to cause you joy day in and day out. And we pray this in the name of Jesus with much thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Would you thank them one more time? While they are making their way there, we have the, uh, a video that we'd also like to share with you this morning that will give you a little bit of insight into some things that took place in Guatemala City. So while that is showing, I'll ask our Guatemala team to come up.
Stephen Maynor, we just heard from your wife just a few minutes ago. Now we get to hear from you. This was, I believe, your third trip to Guatemala City with Ivy Creek. You and I have gone before a couple times. Uh, can you just give a brief overview of, of the team's mission and focus and goals and maybe some, some comments with regard to, uh, to what you guys did while you were there? Well, um, what we wanted to do when we went down there is we wanted to go down there and tell people about God and his plan. And I think we did that. We uh, went to the schools and we um, started with cre creation and we went all the way through Acts. And um, we did vacation Bible school at uh, church planting in Pizan and we did the same thing. Um, Mr. Bill here did the teaching there um, for, for the VBS and I think he did a wonderful job. Miss um, Pat and um, Jaylene, they um, prepared the less lessons for the private school that we went to. And then we went to a place in Zone 21. Um, I'll let Dave tell you about Zone 21 early, in, in a, a little bit. But um, Zone 21 is a uh, the, the church there. Pastor Jaime, he feeds the kids before they go to school, and it's a pub, pub, and we it's a public school. And um, so we helped feed the kids, and then we went into the school and we taught the gospel in the schools. We had a wonderful opportunity there. So um, that was our mission, and we did some house we did some house visits, which was mostly encouraging people that um, went to the church, that went that go to the churches that we support down there, and um, we prayed for, for them, and and we just shared um, the things that we thought that we needed to share that, that God was um, to 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 that God was showing us we needed. You took your daughters with you. I did. That was good, huh? Yes. They could, they could kind of watch after you and you could watch yep. after them a little bit. <laughs> Lily, tell us a little bit what it's like to go on a mission trip with your family. There's probably some others out here who may be thinking about that and contemplating. Would you recommend it? Would you, would you not recommend it? What would you say? I would definitely recommend it. It was very fun and it was enlightening to see to go on with my family and see them out of their comfort zones and I was out of my comfort zone too most all the time and we were experiencing that together as a family and so I got to see another side of both of them and it brought me closer to them and it also helped me get through the mission trip with them by my side so That's good. it was good. good and I would definitely recommend it Good. Am I could you just share a little bit? Because you guys were in the public schools there, as we just heard. Could you just maybe share a little bit about the differences between what public school, I mean, a lot of kids are getting ready to go back to school tomorrow. Some have already started. Just a little bit of differences between what, what the life is like there in the public schools and what's life like here. Okay. So public schools down there, they're, um, they're much less structured, and they're much, um, they're really, it wasn't that clean. They didn't really have janitors. They, um, it just, it, it was so different from schools here. And um, one of the main differences was that um, all the children wanted to know about God and Jesus. And they wanted to learn about everything. And um, it just hit me because everybody in here in my school, they don't want to get up to go to school they, they are just dragging out of bed and it's just, it's hard because 
the people in Guatemala, they don't have anything, but they love God. But people here, we have everything, and we don't love God, even though he's blessed us with so much. So that was, um, that was a difference. And then another difference was that um, teachers don't always get paid to go to school. So um, they don't show up if they're not paid, which is really sad to see because um, there's, um, the kids just don't learn. If they don't have a teacher, they don't learn and um, the teachers don't get paid. So that's just, it's sad. Lots of differences. Bill McCann, you and Miss Pat went together as a married couple, and I'll ask Miss Pat how she enjoyed that. But I'll, I'll, I'll ask you, you and I and, 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 and have in the past, in, in previous opportunities together, have even traveled and done some mission trips together. And I know that you've done a lot overseas and you've done a lot uh, domestically. How would you rate, or not rate, but how would, what would you say about this trip specifically in regard to maybe some of your past experiences? Thank you, Pastor. Yes, um, I was asked a similar question, you know, how did your trip go when I got back? And I said, well, I said, this was the most spiritually filled out of the country trip I've been on. Well, I think since rethinking that, I would say, that this was the most spiritually filled trip that I've been on, period. And uh, saying that, I've been on several trips, like you said, and, uh, uh, but I felt like that it was really started out here early. The people were praying for us, and, and, and I felt like that the people were praying for us while we were there because there were hearts that were open, they were ready to receive, just like Emma had said, that uh, the, the children, and not only the children, but the adults as well, were ready to receive God's Word. And um, we took a few Gideon Bibles with us, and we handed out every one we had. And uh, they, yes, they were in Spanish, and some of them were in English. But uh, they, they, we, we um, gave out all we had, and we could give them out a lot more. But a lot of the schools, especially the school we went to ended up, they all, the children there had, had Bibles uh, that were supplied by you all and other people just like you. So um, it's good to know that um, as you go on these trips that you're thinking that you're giving them hope, you're giving them uh, encouragement, and you are but also it's a blessing to you, and I recommend you going. Thank you. So one of the words that we always talk about when we're preparing a group to go on mission is the word flexibility. Because no matter what you plan, you can be assured your plans are gonna change. And they can change from any given hour to another. And flexibility is important not only when you travel with your husband overseas on a mission trip, I'm sure as you would say, Miss Pat, but flexibility is also important because things can change. Can you kind of share with us some of the experience that you had? Um, we were in the, the little village of Patsun on uh, Thursday afternoon, and we were getting ready to do VBS, and we sort of all knew what our parts were going to be, and we were just doing last minute, you know, where and how to set up and everything. And so uh, Ingrid is the lady who was... Um, 
ahead of the translators and she got us where she needed to be, where we needed to be, and she pretty much informed us as to how things were going to work. So she said, you know, there'll be several women coming with these children for VBS, and she said, uh, so you can do a Bible study with them. And, uh, you know, impromptu uh, last minute is just not who I am or who I think I am. And so I was really pretty blank as to what to do, but we had the New Testament, so I uh, took it and started uh, thinking through what maybe God wanted me to do. And so uh, we had been told uh, several times about that in this little church there were... Um, faithful women who were had been coming and were coming and but the husbands a lot of them had a problem with alcohol so they mostly were not coming so I just felt like that I needed to um, share with them um, that to be who God had called them to be in their situation and so I used the uh, Titus 2 and Proverbs 31 as a framework to try to encourage them uh, in raising their families and taking care of their families and praying for them. And so um, we sat in the street in Patsoon, uh, about 11 women and the translator and myself. And so I don't know really how much they received out of it, but it was an unexpected blessing for me. Mm. Wonderful. Jerry Hughes, one of your... Uh one of your passions, one of the giftings that you have shared with me personally that you think God has gifted you with is the gift of evangelism. And you love to share the gospel right here. Um, that's been one of the passions that you've had, both in parks, at the mall, various places. And then you went on this trip and you were able to engage in evangelism in, in Guatemala. Can you just kind of give a little bit of an idea to the church family about maybe the differences between what, how, it, how it is structured here and maybe how it's structured there? Well, I'd say the first thing is we don't need a translator in the United States to tell someone about Jesus. That's actually a pretty big deal. But um, I'd say one of the biggest things is, is the people of Guatemala. Um, they are more humble people. Uh, they're ready to hear the gospel. There are people who suffer a lot. They, they don't have the same access to, to medical resources we have. They have more financial problems than we have. You know, they've got the, the women... Uh, the, you know, their moms who have alcoholic husbands and five kids and they don't know where their next meal is coming from. They're generally a lot more receptive to someone coming and bringing them a meal and telling them about Jesus. I think that's the first thing is that people of Guatemala were willing and ready to hear uh, the gospel. But maybe the biggest thing was actually the condition of uh, our hearts, my heart. I, I know for me, going to Guatemala on a mission trip, you know, with brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, for the sole purpose of loving people and, and sharing the gospel, affects how I see people and affects how I witness and affects how we witness. We'd all agree with that, that, that the big difference was that we were willing to witness, that we saw people's needs and we actually were willing to step out and tell them about Jesus, something that we don't always do when we're in the United States. We're, we're often too busy or too consumed with you know, what we want to do, what I, what I want to do. So I think the biggest difference between Guatemala and the United States for me was that my eyes were open to the needs of people and I was ready to love people versus here I'm often consumed with things I want to do. That's a great answer. Great answer. Jaylene Moriera, she, I, I, would, I would not be afraid to take a, a poll to see if you were not voted the most valuable player 
on this trip. Uh, most valuable in some respects because she is a, she, she, Spanish is her mother tongue. And so she was very easily to be, to be used in, in the way of translation. But she also has joined our church family here. She's a senior in high school this year at Mill Creek. We are thrilled to have her come and be a part of our church family. And I know this group was thrilled to have you go on this trip. Can you just tell us a little bit from your perspective uh, what this trip meant to you, for maybe as it relates to children or anything else that you'd like to share with us? Yes. Um, I personally think that it was a life-changing um, experience for each one of us. And like Emma said, it shows us how to be grateful and how to love and see things um, in a different way. And especially how we don't share like the, diff like the same living conditions, but we share like a, the same love and the same like devotion to look for God and, and like recognize who we are in front of Him. And other than that, um, how we got to share with the kids and build like relationships with them and share the gospel, they were really like receptive to it. And I know me and Dave got to um, do a little songs with them and we got to play with them, we got to take pictures with them. And it was amazing how they knew like their spiritual condition at a really young age. And it meant that the churches over there was making they were working. They were working in each one of their lives, and obviously it was like through God's work and also through y'all's help and to our help too. Wonderful. So I understand that Dave sang while he was in Guatemala. It's good to know. <laughs> Dave, this was not your first trip to Guatemala, but it was your first trip on mission with Ivy Creek to Guatemala. And I know that, that you and Stephen and others who had been down there before had a chance to talk about. And, and you actually came back to me and said, I think there's some ways that down the road that we, some things that we could be engaged in and active. Could you just briefly give just a brief overview of what that might look like as, as we step forward? You said briefly twice. I did. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, over the past, uh, ever since Ivy Creek has gone down there, we've really focused in on the the dump area, uh, and it has caused a lot of changes down there. The government uh, looked and saw that a lot of groups were going in there and helping out, and they said, we, we need to do something about that. And so in the time since Ivy Creek has first gone down, it's gone from uh, dirt streets and no sewer, uh, no, no water, to uh, the city coming in and running all of that, paving over everything, and so now it's, you can walk on a sidewalk and, and do all those kind of things, and it's because of the influence of the churches going down and the church groups going down, there. And, and we want to continue to do that. Uh, we want to continue to take trips down to Guatemala uh, to, to see a difference, to make a difference, uh, and help out the churches that are already established down there. Uh, and one of those churches and where I see us going as Ivy Creek uh, is this church in Zone 21. Uh, and in Guatemala City, the city is set up in different zones. And it's really, if you think of New York City set up in precincts, it's kind of the same thing. Uh, and Zone 21 is what they call a red zone, uh, which means it's high crime, high drug use, high gangs. Uh, in fact, the week before we got down there, one of the children that uh, was associated with Pastor uh, Jaime's church was actually shot and killed. 
Uh, and so it's just very prevalent down there. And, and Pastor Jaime is making a huge difference down there. And so I see us as we make future trips uh, to really focusing in on that Zone 21 church uh, and helping out Pastor Jaime. We were able to help him uh, put a roof on his church uh, that he's currently doing now so that they don't get wet when it rains. Uh, but also some of the after-school programs he's doing. He's feeding the children three times a week. Uh, just really making a difference. Uh, and he's the one that allowed us to go into the public school and share the gospel with every single class that was in that school. Uh, and so we want to be able to help him and, and continue to do that in future trips, as well as the new ministry that we are able to see in Pat soon. Uh, and I don't think uh, Pat didn't give herself nearly enough credit. She, uh, she had 30 minutes to prepare for two hours uh, to speak to these women uh, and just did a tremendous job uh, the whole time. But uh, this village is about two hours from Guatemala City, and so to be able to go up there, uh, and uh, I would love to see us take multiple teams down there, and, and some of them work, one team work in Patsoon, one team work in Zone 21. We take a medical team that helps work in the uh, clinic that is next to the school we worked in. Uh, just all those things uh, come together to share the gospel with the people of Guatemala City. Excellent. Could you thank our team one more time? Thank you, guys. So, as I mentioned earlier, the Bible tells us that once those who had gone out came back, they came back and they told Jesus both all that they had done and what they had taught. And hopefully, what you've been able to experience this morning is just an outworking of that because you were actively involved in that. Uh, you actively support these two different places that we went to minister and and we're very grateful and and the ministry that goes on there couldn't go on there uh, without your involvement and so we're grateful for your your participation there this is what I would say to you um, as a church family we've had the opportunities to hear both the, what has been done and what was what was continuing to happen in, in that part of the world and what I also hope you were able to witness by just what you saw up here is that to go on mission for Christ, you don't have to be married. You don't have to be single. You don't have to go with a family, and yet you can go with your family. You don't have to be older. You don't have to be younger. You know what it takes to go on mission for Christ? To answer the call that God puts in your life. When God calls you and says, just go. Just, just kind of like what Kim Maynard said. When God speaks to you, that you listen to what he says and that you take a step out on faith and say, I don't have all the answers and there seems to be a tremendous amount of roadblocks that would prevent me from going and yet I'm going to obey what Christ is calling me to do. And you step out on faith and you go. And suddenly, really, it's not the other people's lives that are changed. I think every one of us standing up here would say it was my life that was changed as a result of me being involved in that. And here's the reason why you go. You go because you want to take the same gospel message that has radically transformed your life. You want to take and share that same gospel message with other people so that their lives can be changed too. That's what disciples do. That's what, that's what Christians that are called to go on mission will do. Here's what I'd say. Some of you right now are feeling the tug in your heart. I want to go. Next year when they go to Kenya or they go to Guatemala or Timbuktu, wherever they go, I want to go with them. Here's what I'd tell you to do. Get a, get a passport. Be prepared when the moment comes. Be, be ready and available when that time comes. You may say, well, I don't feel that, but I really want to start sharing the gospel more. You know what? At 2 o'clock this afternoon, 
you'll have an opportunity to go out with others in this community sharing the gospel with our evangelism teams. That's going to be an opportunity for you. You may say, well, maybe that's just not exactly it. We, want, we have other opportunities. There is the Awana program, as we mentioned, the children's ministry, the youth ministry. Pretty much any ministry you want to get involved with, there's places for you to become involved. The issue is, the question really is, will you? It's not that God is not calling us. He's calling all of us. The question is, will we go when he does call us? Perhaps you're here this morning and you're just kind of going, what in the world are they talking about? Who is this Jesus and what is this gospel? Here's the basic essence of it. Jesus Christ came to die in the place of sinners just like you and me. Not a one of us could ever earn our way to heaven. Not a one of us could ever work our way there. The only way that we will ever be able to be reconciled with the Holy God as sinners is if Jesus Christ, who came to die, becomes the bridge between God and us. And that's exactly what he did on the cross. He became the bridge. He became the way by which you and I could be reconciled to God. And he calls all men, women, boys, and girls to repent of their sins and to confess him as Lord and Savior. That is why we go. And it's the message that we carried to Kenya. It's the message we carried to Guatemala. And it's the message I shared with you this morning. Jesus Christ died to save sinners, as Paul said, of whom I am chief. So I hope you didn't see a bunch of people that were uberly talented and gifted this morning, though they are. But they're people just like you, just like me, that God calls and that they go.